What's up, everybody? My name is James York, and this is the B Podcast. The story behind the name B is that I'm a hip hop head, and Common's album B is my favorite album of all time. It is a timeless album about life and stepping into who you really are. That's what this podcast is all about to just be. Be you, be great, be the best version of yourself. Over the years, I've read hundreds of books and articles on self-help and becoming the very best version of myself. I've had over a thousand hours of therapy and coaching, and as I go through this personal journey of becoming my highest self, I want to invite you to join me. Together, we will learn and grow each day, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, and emotionally, all while showing compassion and empathy to others, having some fun along the way. I'm no expert, but if I can learn something new and help you to grow, that's what I intend to do. Thank you for listening to the Beat Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We got a special guest in the building. Welcome to the Beat Podcast. We got my brother, Gene Marshall. Man, today he's going to be talking about financial literacy. He's a financial expert, a coach, and a member of the greatest fraternity known to man, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. What's good, Newt? What's good, Newt? So let's just start off by telling me a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the financial literacy space, and we can go from there. Absolutely. So for those who don't know me, um, my name is Eugene Marshall. Folks just call me Gene for short. And then some people... Uh, formerly known me as as Mr. Marshall from social media and whatnot, um, but I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um, had a knack for wanting to uh, be financially literate, primarily because came from a family that lived paycheck to paycheck, come from the struggle. I've seen where you know families have to really struggle, man, just to keep the lights on, just to keep clothes on on folks' back, especially when you come from a family that that didn't have any form of financial education to begin with. So the desire really came from me being able to just take a a look back at my, my family trajectory, as well as being exposed to uh, a number of mentors, man, that completely changed my life that led me to um, own 31 units on the South side of Chicago. I currently have a a self-defense business where we teach, um, concealed carry as well as boxing and jiu-jitsu. Um, I also have a book called The Power of an Idea, which is a beginner's guide to turning your ideas into massive profits. And I'm a strong believer, strong advocate of building wealth and leveraging real estate as a vehicle to do so. So that's me. In a nutshell, I also have a car rental business as well, where I run out uh, seven cars currently on Truro platforms like Truro Hire Car, which is nothing more, nothing less than the Airbnb, if you will, for uh, for vehicles. So that's me in a nutshell, man. That's that's Eugene. Oh man, you got a lot going on, brother. I like that though. I like that. You said thirty-one units, man. That's that's a lot of doors. That's a lot of cash flow coming in. And speaking of cash flow how I kind of got into financial literacy, just learning, because I mean, they don't teach you anything in school. The gateway for me was rich dad, poor dad. What would you say was your gateway to getting into financial literacy? Yeah, I would say uh, my gateway was, um, believe it or not, it was, a, it was a cute, he was like, yo, you should join this this financial group chat. 
And I was like, all right. So I joined this group chat. And inside the group chat, everybody was talking about cryptocurrency. They were talking about investing. Folks were talking about real estate. A bunch of stuff that I wasn't necessarily too familiar with. I had a pre, some small exposure to real estate, but not a whole lot. And folks was in there talking about, you know, all these different investing things. And I had some discretionary income laying around because I was working a full-time job at the time while I was also a full-time college student. So I had way more money than the average college student. So I was just like, all right, cool. Let me see what's going on. So I bought some Bitcoin and I bought some Bitcoin, just like randomly put some money on Coinbase, bought Bitcoin. And within like a week or so, I made like $10,000. So I was like, yeah, that was my face expression. I was like, wait, what the hell? I just made $10,000 on accident. So how do I figure out how to do this? but be more intentional about it. So that was my wake-up call. And inside the group chat, everybody was talking about books that they read. And one of the books that was on there was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So same situation to you. I would say it was the intro to that group chat first. And then it was the accidentally making the 10000 And then lastly, I would say it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. When I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, man, it really stuck to me. I feel like that book is damn near the Bible for building wealth, right? One, one of the books... To building wealth, right? If you truly want to build wealth, you definitely want to make sure that you get rich dad, poor dad in your repertoire and your arsenal. Absolutely. Man, I'm gonna need to get a part of that group chat. You're gonna have to send me an invite for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's actually dead now. It's dead oh. now. It used to be lit back in got what back in 2015, 2016. It used to be lit. Now it's kind of dry. But um, you mentioned you had a job, you said a full-time job, but you also I've heard that. You quit your job at 25 and retired. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, so I graduated from Northern at um, I graduated from Northern in 2018, and then I was working in cybersecurity from there. So I was working in cybersecurity. My initial plan was like, all right, I'm gonna work in cybersecurity for a second, uh, for a year. It was like only for a year, and then after that year, I'm gonna get out and be running my own business. This was my thoughts, right? But once I actually got into the job, I started getting frustrated because I realized that me probably leaving within a year was 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 an unrealistic goal, right? Because you just starting a job for the first time is fresh. Everything is new. So you adapt into the culture of, you know, going to corporate America, you know, dealing with a manager that doesn't necessarily look like you. And then you're also trying to build something up on the side as well. So I was really... Um, running myself thin with trying to learn a new job, also trying to build a business and then learn what it takes to actually build a profitable and sustainable business model on the side as well. So first year, I didn't really do it. But um, the second year, it did was well, second and a half year. Um, it did ended up happening for me. So what I ended up doing was immediately when I graduated from Northern, I bought a three flat right away. I bought a three flat right away. Had a general contractor that like basically screwed me over, uh, lost about $50,000 on my first real estate deal. So for those that's been following me for a while, you, you pretty much know the story. But I lost like 50 Gs on the first real estate deal. Had a bad contractor that was like screwing me up from top to bottom. And then when you're uneducated, you don't know. So the it, it costs to not know, right? A lot of folks, they don't invest in themselves. They don't invest in their own self-education because they think it's too expensive as it relates to buying courses, going to seminars. But what's really too expensive is the time 
and the makeup work that you got to put in when you don't actually put in the work up front by investing in yourself. So I had to learn that the hard way personally. But on the side, I was building out a network marketing business that specifically taught people how to invest in real estate. So I was selling real estate education, one. And then I was taking the money from the network marketing business that I was generating and building it on the side. And I was parking that money into cash flow producing assets such as real estate. And I was able to partner with a lot of my students that I was teaching the classes with. And that allowed me to scale up to 31 doors relatively quickly. But I always tell folks, before you before you start buying real estate, you want to make sure that you have as much capital on hand as possible. So the first goal was 10K, second goal was 20K. And then I said, all right, cool, I got the 20K. How, how can I get to six figures? Just stack, just save. So when I got to six figures, that's when I realized, like, okay, cool. I have the necessary capital on hand where I can actively go out and start partnering with the right people so that I can actually scale, get the cash flow that I need, but then also making sure that I can partner in the right way. So when I made that post, like I'm 25 or tired, that just means that I no longer have to work for money. I position myself in a manner to where my assets can pay for my lifestyle, my assets can pay for my expenses, and I can choose what I want to do. Granted, the business model that I've created does require for me to still be able to, you know, put in some work. I got to do shit. I got to meet with tenants. I also do stuff on the side that I have to maintain in order for me to keep the cash flow coming in from my different, you know, income streams. But I don't I don't wake up and have to answer to anybody. So for me, that's being retiring. Being retiring is just being in full control of your time. I own my own time. Nobody can tell me what to do. And that's the greatest currency right there. I love that. What would you say to somebody who's trying to get started in real estate that doesn't have the capital? Yeah, you got to find something to sell. That's the only way. Ain't no ain't no secret sauce, man. I tell folks all the time, whether whether you want to get into real estate, whether you want to get into trucking, whether you want to start an e-commerce brand, um, I mean, it could be anything. Whatever it is that you're looking to do and you don't have the necessary capital to be able to do it right away, you need to find something to sell. You have to find something to sell. So if, if you need 10K, that means you need to sell something 100 times for $100. If you can sell something 100 times for $100, that's your 10K right there, right? So when we start talking about true entrepreneurs, individuals that's built multiple, multiple eight-figure, seven to 10-figure, nine-figure businesses, they all started out in some form of sales, and they're selling some form of a product and or service. So you just got to find something to sell. Once you find something to sell, then that's going to necessary. That's going to put you in position to be able to have necessary cash flow and the capital that you need to be able to get started in any business model. Of course, you can always leverage your credit and everything like that as well. But I always tell folks first that yeah, credit can get credit can get you access to capital. At the same time, when you use that capital, you got to make sure that you can pay that credit back. So being able to also have income producing streams on the side that you can match with the capital that you can gain from building and having healthy credit you unbeatable so my first my first rule of thumb for anybody that doesn't have to the capital you got to find something to sell whether that's wholesaling started wholesaling real estate you selling god damn it um digital courses you selling clothes you find something to sell and scale up you got something to sell. They finally found that that thing that they have a passion about. 
They're ready to start this business. What advice would you give them stepping from a job of nine to five straight into entrepreneurship? Okay. So are we talking like leaving leaving the nine to five and going full blown entrepreneurship, or are we talking working the nine to five and then you building you building the the business on the side? Let's say you building the business on the side for right now. They just starting out. Yeah. So the first thing you you have to believe in yourself. That's the very first thing, right? An individual can't accomplish anything that's below his or her belief factor. So you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself then you are already dropping out of the race before the race begin, right? So you first got to have that mental strength. You got to have that mental fortitude that like, all right, cool. I know this is going to be tough. I know it's going to be hard, but I believe in me. And if you don't believe in you, nobody else will at all. And when you believe in you, then you realize that there's nothing that you, you can't do. Obviously, there's going to be some challenges, some hurdles. There's going to be some roadblocks and some things you might have to, you might have to move around or work through. But at the same time, I always tell folks, you don't go through life, you grow through life, right? You don't go through life, you grow through life. And the way you grow through life is by continuously working on your mindset and believing in you. So that would be the first step. If anybody's out there looking to start a business, you got to believe in you because it's not a matter of if it's going to be hard, it will be, right? It's about are you prepared for when the challenges come? And when folks are not prepared when the challenges come, what they do? They run. They stop the business. They oh, this is not. It's, it's not working. Um, and you, you could, because you might not see profits for the first year, first two years, first three years. But it's that persistence. The more you be persistent, the more education that you receive through your endeavors. The more education that you receive through your endeavors, the better that you become. So first step is just mindset, man. You gotta have. You gotta be mentally in the game. If you're not mentally in the game. Stay, stay working a job. Stay, stay working a job where you show up. You got the set list of activities that your manager assigned you to do. But if you got some mental fortitude, mental strength, cool. That's the first step. The second step is you got to find something that's, that has, you got to build something based on a profitable business model. The best way to build something on a profitable business model is to find a need. Find a need. I always tell folks the best way to start in something is to um, get involved in a need-based business. Need-based businesses are businesses that are never, ever going to go out of style. These are businesses that are that are going to continue to innovate and that people are going to always need. People are always going to need to get their taxes done. That's a need-based business, right? People are always going to need some place to stay, real estate. That's a need-based business, right? So find a need-based business that you can tap into, that you can scale up, and then begin just documenting your small wins, right? So believing in yourself, find a niche, find a need-based business, and then document your small wins over time so you can continue to build up that confidence, continue to develop that mental fortitude so when things get tough, you can continue to surpass that. So that would that would be my, my first recommendation is to um, work on yourself, get your mindset ready, find a need-based business, and then scale up from there. Yeah, man, those are gems. Like, you dropping gems right now. Like, I hope everybody is paying attention and taking notes because, I mean, even that, you don't you don't go through life, you grow through life. That's a bar in itself right there. And Absolutely. that's what we all about in this B community is just growing, learning and growing each day, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, on every level. And you talked about the abundance mindset. How does somebody transition from that lack mindset to that abundance mindset? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. So unfortunately, unfortunately, excuse me, 
a lot of people are, are living in Scar City, right? They are living in Scar City. Some folks may say Scar City. I like to say they're living in Scar City. So the best way to transform or transition from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset is I, I'll make it short and simple, man. You got to be willing to pay the price, point blank, period. And the reality of it is that a lot of people, they're not willing to pay the whole price. They're willing to pay partial of the price. Let's talk about this for a second. They're willing to pay partial of the price. For a lot of folks, they think success is almost like going to a restaurant. You know how you go to the restaurant you eat, and then you pay the waiter or the waitress at the end, right? Success don't work like that. Success is more like a cafeteria. You go to the cafeteria, you pick out what you want, but before you can leave out the cafeteria, you got to pay before you eat. You got to pay before you eat. So what that means is that means you got to put the time in. You got to put the work in, right? Everybody that we look at that's successful, Jay-Z, the Jeff Bezos, the you know, even even the local small business owners that we don't know about, but that's wealthy and is living a, a an abundant lifestyle, they paid the price, right? So you gotta be willing to pay the price. And when you start when you start being willing to pay the price, you begin understanding the law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect say, if I do X Y Z, I'm gonna always get this. If you do two plus two, you're gonna always get four. Right. So if you know that you you actively working up and you grinding on your goals and your dreams, and your aspiration, it's only a matter of time before you get to success. And the beauty, the beautiful part about success is that everybody defines it different. Right. So only you can define what success looks like for you. Right. And then get into that is nothing more, nothing less than taking in the proper information and then executing behind that information. Because you can listen to podcasts, read books, go to seminars you know, network, meet the right people. But if you never actually act on the information that you receive, then you just a closed book. You just a book with a, with a ton of knowledge in it. So that's that's what I was saying, man. You you have to start going to work on yourself, right? You got to be willing to pay the price. You got to be willing to lock yourself inside the crib for like six months to a year, do whatever it takes and start feeding your mind. You got to reprogram your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to, I used to, um, I still do not not as heavy as I was in the beginning stages, but I used to listen to like four or five books a month on Audible. I've never been an avid reader. I can't. I don't. I don't like to read. I can read, but I don't like to read. When I read, I get sleepy. So the best way for me to be able to absorb new information is to listen to it. I'm an active listener, so I can listen to, you know, books while I'm driving. I turn my car into a university on wheels. So while everybody else is driving, listening to Chief Keith, listening to Travis Scott, listening to Lil Dirt, listening to whoever they're listening to, I'm feeding and programming my mind, right? The more I feed and program my mind, the bigger that muscle becomes. The bigger that muscle, the stronger that I, the stronger I am when it's time for me to compete. Because everybody out there competing, right? So what's going to separate you from everybody else? The only thing that's going to separate you from everybody else is competing and be unique. You compete to be unique by going to work on yourself. So let's talk about that for a minute about investing in. In yourself because we we talking about growth and that's what this podcast is about so how does investing in yourself correlate directly with financial gain yeah so I, i'll answer that with this you can have more than what you have right now you can have more than what you have right now because you can become more than the person that you are right now you can have more than what you have right now because you can become more than the person that you have right now. Success 
and money is in direct correlation to your own personal development. That's it. The more you know, the more you can grow. The more you know, the more cash flow, right? And we have to understand and start realizing that get into that next level. You don't get to that next level if you don't grow first. You, you got to grow. So I would say money, success, personal finances, wealth is nothing more, nothing less than a direct correlation of your own personal development. I'm getting into one of the quotes that you had um, in your social medias talking about the doers and the don'ts. Can you explain that as it relates to this? The doers and the don'ts. You got, I mean, it's real simple. You got people that do and you got people that don't. The doers are the people that get up and they make something happen. They get up and they decide to pay their rent every single day, right? And when I say pay their rent every single day, they're not paying rent to their landlord. They paying rent to their own goals. Them the doers. They get up every single day and they know they got to pay rent. They got to make their daily deposits, right? Because they understand that the only thing that's constant in this life is change, right? So if you're staying still and you're not actually growing, then you're dying slowly, right? So the doers understand that they're actively working up every single day and they're making the choice to be proactive rather than reactive. The people that don't, they being reactive. They're waking up every single day and they're reacting to the decisions that they made in the past, right? They got to clean up their credit. They got to, you know, they, they got to chill for the next six or seven months because they low on funds and they got to get their savings account back, right? They're reacting, right? So at some point, you have to make that shift. You have to make that transition from reacting all the time to being proactive. I can talk about that because that was me at some point. That was me at some point, living check to check, hitting the club. Buying sections, kicking it with the noobs, doing X, Y, Z. And the reality of it was I started to realize that I was being reactive rather than proactive. So the doers are nothing more, nothing less than people that get up and decide to pay their rent every day. And the don'ts, these are folks that's contemplating on whether they want to go after their goals or not. These are the folks that are allowing their circumstances to dictate how their life end up or how their life turn out. Right? The doers say, screw that. No, I got to make something happen, and I got to make something happen because I believe in me, but more importantly, I believe in establishing a tool that would be able to pay families for a thousand generations. Now you're you talking about generational wealth. I got to ask, why is it so hard for Black people to create generational wealth? It goes back so far, man. Um, it goes, I, I would say it's systemic. It's systemic. It's systemic, man. We have we got the culture, hip hop culture, is a huge influence on everything, especially as it relates to the black community. You know, you got folks talking about the wrong things, promoting the wrong things. So for us, it's it's a direct consumption of what we surround ourselves around, not just what we eat, what we listen to, what we read, what we eat, who we surround ourselves around as well, what we read. It's a direct consumption of of that. So for us. Is one lack of education, right? Because the reality of it is that when we start talking about slavery, when we start really looking at true black history, it was nothing more, nothing less than an economic game. It was nothing more, nothing less than an economic game. And if folks go back and actually read the Willie Lynch letter, I mean, he gave out the blueprint to essentially control slaves and to control black people. 
And today, nothing has changed. The way the way the way life operates has changed, but the actual concepts and the actual manipulation is still there, right? We're, st- we're still in slavery to the people that control your check, to the people that control your income, and until you become free, right, financially free, now you're actually off the plantation itself. So generational wealth, man, is is everything. And the reason why we lack it in the black community so much is because of lack of education, a lack of confidence. And we have parents that since since due to the fact that they're lack of education, they don't promote a, a kid actually starting their own business. They don't promote a kid actually being in the room when they're having financial conversations about the mortgage being due, the bills yeah. being due. Right. They tell the kid to go upstairs. So for the most part, I would just say it's a lack of confidence. And it's also a lack of education, and it's a direct consumption of what we consume. And how can we break that cycle as a people? You got to work on you. Hmm. You got to work on you. Yeah, like I tell folks all the time, I ain't saving nobody, period. Hmm. I ain't saving you. I ain't coming to save you. Save yourself first. Because Hmm. if I come to save you, you're going to drown me trying to save you. I'm cool on that. Right. Mm. You got the same access to the same level of resources that I got access to. I got Google. You got Google. Yeah. You got Instagram. I got Instagram. So for me, man, save yourself first. Save yourself first. Start with your family. Right. And if everybody start with their own family at that, then we can build. Then we can scale. Right. Mm. Elijah Muhammad say he say do for self and suffer the consequences. Mm. Do for self and suffer the consequences. I'm doing for self. Right after I get self straight, then I can talk. Then I can start talking about family. Then I can start talking about everybody else. So for me, it all starts with self. I love that. That's just like if you don't know how to fish to eat, then how you gonna teach somebody else to fish to eat? You gotta learn for yourself first. Exactly. I love that. So I'm gonna give you a couple scenarios. So to get out of this cycle, say you got a brother or sister that's listening. They in debt. They in their thirties. They have a they had a nine to five, but they're in that lifestyle where they are constantly just spending. They're 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 the don'ts right now. They're in that don't category. Um, they're just learning about financial literacy. They just learning about investing. What steps would you take for them to break free of that cycle? For them to start on their road to financial freedom? Yeah, they gotta want it for themselves. Um they, they genuinely have to want it deep down for themselves. And I, what I would suggest is, is pull out a sheet of paper, man, and, and write on that sheet of paper. Ask yourself this question. How much is your freedom worth? Mm. How much is your freedom worth to you? Everything in life comes with a cost, fam. Everything in life comes with a cost, right? You don't get wealthy without putting in, without paying the price. Right, you can't even sleep without you can't even sleep without paying the price. You know what I'm saying? Right. So everything comes with a cost, and the reality of it is that you got to sit back and ask yourself how much is your freedom worth. Sit back and ask yourself real questions. If I die today, right? If I die today, what what am I leaving behind? Right? What what level of impact did I have on the next person if I die today? What did I do to advance my last name? What did I do to advance my family, my brother, my sister, my nephew, my niece, my cousin, my auntie, right? A family friend. What did I do? How did I how do I leave this world in a better place? 
And the best thing that anybody can do is become the best version of themselves. And the reason being is because they not only owe it to themselves, but they owe it into the entire world. When you become the best version of yourself, you you now put yourself in position to be able to inspire somebody else to become the best version of themselves. And through influence, you create power. And through power, you create change. So they really just got to sit back and ask themselves how much is their freedom worth? You know what I'm saying? And, and are they living? Is their current lifestyle a direct reflection of who they are? You can't be comfortable with that. Right? You, you just can't. I was hell. I wasn't comfortable. I wanted to take trips. Right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to travel, be able to do whatever I want when I wanted, but I couldn't do that. Right? How do I get in position? That's really what it is for me, man. It's about how do I get in position. So that's that's what I would say. I'd start with you. Get your mind right. To the adverse, you got a kid that's coming straight out of college. He's staying with his parents. They say he's making like fifty thousand a year, um, minimum with no debt. Maybe a little student loans here and there. What advice would you give him? Oh man, stack up. You at the crib with family. Don't be don't be in a in a hurry to get out the crib. Stack as much as you can. If you got minimum student loans, you got minimum debt. Man, I would be saving every penny. Save every penny while your homies out there kicking it, balling, got their own apartment, you know, hitting chicks, or you know, even even for the women, like just just hanging out, chilling. But for the fellas, if you guys out there just you know hitting chicks or whatever it is, because they got their own spot, man, be at the crib. I promise you, two years at the crib. Stacking bread, stacking dough, will put you six to seven years ahead of your friends, ahead of your homies, all right, ahead right. of your girls. So I would say stay at the crib as much as you can, bite the bullet. Of course, there's going to be some nuances because you're living under your parents' roof again if you just finished school. And obviously, from being on your own to doing that, it's a transition. It's hard. You can't really move how you want to move. But financially, it'd be one of the best decisions that you can ever make. So I would stack up. Stack up as much dough as possible while you're stacking. I would also be educating educating yourself at the same time. So going to seminars, right? Buying digital courses, start investing and in, invest in small things like like Bitcoin, like not not small as it relates to their value, but like things that are easily um, exitable and easily enterable, such as Bitcoin. All you need is crypto.com, an app or Robinhood. And begin just putting money into something that you have conviction behind, right? Something that you believe in. You got to do your research first. And, and But wait a second. So while I'm talking about research, so a lot of people define ROI as return on investment, right? I, I define ROI as return on information because you should have never made that investment to begin with if you didn't have the proper information up front. Right. When you make investments, it's all about the data and the information that you have access to. That shit that gave you the reason to invest. So we got to make sure that we educate ourselves, doing the necessary research and begin investing. So what I would suggest while you stacking that bread, instead of stacking your money up inside of a uh, inside of a bank account, because every dollar you get Chase, every dollar you give BOA or a credit union, they get ten dollars. Right. You can put that money into the S&P 500. Stack that money away in the S&P 500. Last year, the S&P 500 did 16%, right? As of as of today, the S&P 500, I believe it's up like 20, 22%, right? So instead of you leaving your money in the bank and it's not being able to reproduce for you and create money babies, put it to work. 
because your money can work for you 365, 24-7, right? So put it to work, invest it into the S&P 500, keep stacking dough, keep stacking cash, and then from there, you just keep going up. So what would you say to the person that's listening that's scared to invest? Scared money don't make no money. Scared money don't make no money. Everything is risky, man. Everything is risky, right? People say investing is risky. Okay, well, not investing is risky, right? People say, you know, trying is trying is risky because they may fail, they may get looked, they may get frowned upon. Well, not trying is risky. Hell, life is risky because unfortunately you're gonna die anyway, or fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, you're gonna die anyway. It's still risky, so you might as well invest you might as well give yourself at least a chance but again it goes back to the proper information you should always feel confident about your investments if you have the proper information up front so i want you to share a little bit of game if that's fine as far as your investment you said you made about ten thousand early on in bitcoin crypto stocks what are you invested in right now you if you i know you're not a financial advisor so this is not giving any type of financial advice to anybody out there. But can you give um, just a couple instances of, you know, good investments that you have right now in that market? Yeah. So in terms of um, paper assets, digital assets. So I was buying a ton of like dividend paying stocks because I was getting a, the real estate rental income, the cash flow there. And I was like, all right, cool. I want to get some, um, some cash flow from some dividend paying stocks because it's easy to get in. You know, it's easy to get out. So I was buying a lot of stocks that was on a dividend aristocrats list. I would highly recommend folks to look that up. You can go to yahoo.com. You can type in 2021 dividend aristocrats list. So I was predominantly holding a ton of those stocks like AbV, Coca-Cola, um, Abbott, SPG, um, just a ton of those stocks that's inside that list. And then I stopped buying um, dividend paying stocks and I just switched straight over to crypto. Hmm. So I used to buy like a ton of crypto back in the day. And then I ended up selling my portfolio when it took that big, big old dip in 2016. Um, and then I just started back buying crypto again early this year. So I'm like super convicted behind Ethereum again, not financial advice, but I'm super convicted behind Ethereum. Like I was buying Ethereum beginning of the year when it was at like $1,300, just like I'm buying that shit every Friday. Still to this day, I'm buying it every single Friday. I just keep dollar cost averaging in. And it's it's been it's been it's been love. It's been beautiful. So I'm holding Ethereum on the crypto side. I'm holding Solano on the crypto side. I'm holding um Cardano on the crypto side. I'm also holding uh some Shiba on the crypto side, V Chain on the crypto side. Um I got some Bitcoin, not a whole lot of Bitcoin. Um, I also got some Litecoin as well that's doing very, very well. So Litecoin was, was hovering around like 180 like last, maybe like a month and a half ago or so. It just hit 270 last week. Um, and then it just dropped back down to 250. So I definitely got some Litecoin. We should see a, a huge, huge um, scale up from Ethereum. Ethereum is, is projected to hit 10,000 over the next like six months or so. So I would tell folks like, man, like definitely buy into Ethereum. But that, that those are the primary um cryptos and, and stocks that I'm that I'm holding right now. No, nah, for sure. I got some I got some Ethereum. I'm mad that I didn't buy on the dip when it went all the way down to like like around twelve hundred, you know. 
I was thinking it was going to go lower, but that was just me being scared. Like you said, scared money don't make money. But Absolutely. I definitely got some Ethereum Classic, some Litecoin, um, and I want to get more into the, the Shiba coins and those other ones that you mentioned now that you mentioned them. So I'm going to be looking forward to those. Yeah, man, I um I bought Dogecoin at like $0.05 cent or whatever, and I, I put a ton in there just because everybody was talking about it. So I put a ton in there. And then it shot up to seventy nine cent. So um, that's that's no that's no financial advice. I don't I don't believe there's any actual true value behind Dogecoin, mm-hmm. but I understand the way um, an audience work. If a specific audience is talking about a specific coin, then the more influence that it has, the more influence that it has, the more power it has. So um, I made about like thirty grand off, off just off Dogecoin itself, and that was just that that ain't that's a shit coin. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that's a big play though. That that ain't nothing that's not about right there. Thirty grand off of something like that. Where do you get your resources as far as investing in stocks, Bitcoin? I know you mentioned the one site for the dividend, but are there any others that you go straight to to just get your market research? Yep. So, um, folks, they can go to my Instagram account. Um, my handle is underscore underscore Mr. Marshall, and then you can pick up. Um, the guide to crypto investing, which is inside the link in my bio. Uh, one of my good brothers, good homies, um, Xavier Miller is the instructor of the course. He talks about a, a ton of cryptos that you can get that's going to be booming, bombing over the next few years or so. Um, definitely been serving me very, very well. So you can click the link in my bio and get that. Um, outside of that is really just like networking, um, really networking my network. I got some folks that's like heavily heavily in the crypto space, um, so I don't really do, I don't really find out about altcoins that much unless unless I hear it from my personal network. I'm one of those guys that that stick to what works. I'm superly convicted behind Ethereum, and that's 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 my retirement plan for right now is is Ethereum. So outside of like crypto news, crypto sources, um, I would just say uh, maybe that course in my bio. And then my personal network. And what would you say your main source of revenue, if you don't mind sharing that today, out of all your streams of income? I know you spoke about real estate. We just talked about stocks and cryptocurrency. You have courses, ebooks. Um, what's your main source of revenue? I would say my main source of revenue right now would be. Um, Let's see. What's like the main one? Um, I would say the main one is probably the tax firm. So I partner with one of my good brothers, um, good friends. His name is Jeff Badu. We now have the fastest growing tax firm in the Midwest. Um, I'm, I'm a partner there. So I would say that's probably the most income producing stream that I currently have. Um, at the moment, not gonna say the numbers there, but it's definitely the the most. The second to that, I would say, is the real estate. So on a real estate piece, I'm cash flowing just a little over 10k um, a month, just in just like passive income that I'm not even working for no more. So over 10,000 plus a month, it's over 120 a year um, net. So and then second from that, um, I would say the the, the rental car business is great. The digital course. I really love digital courses. That's that's the one I'm most passionate about right now because there's no overhead. 
Like there's no overhead at all. You can create a book. You can create an ebook one time. You can create one ebook. Put put massive value, massive gems in that ebook. You could charge thirty dollars for the ebook. You could sell that damn thing a million times on the internet. Right? There's people out there that want to know what you know. There's people out there that's striving to be just like you. All you got to do is just get your message and your content and your products directly in front of them, and then you can turn your audience into cash flowing producing entities, cash flowing producing people, cash flowing producing followers. So that would be the, the the one I'm most I'm most excited about and passionate about right now is, is, is the digital space. Nice, nice. I like that. So if you had to give someone your principles of wealth building and finance, and you just had to narrow it down to like maybe three principles, I like that number three. So what would you give them? What would I three principles to investing? So. The first principle on on the stock market or and or the crypto market is buy the dips. Buy the dips. Even before that, actually, let me let me start from the bottom up. Bottom up, pay yourself first. Bottom up approach. Pay yourself first. Right? Go to work. Right? Or do whatever you gotta do to generate income. And then pay yourself first before you pay your bills. If you Create a habit of just paying yourself first and not paying yourself the leftovers. You will be amazed at what you can accomplish. You'll be amazed at what you can see that you can actually produce for yourself. So pay yourself first. Um, invest the difference. Right? Save money. Invest the difference. Right? Save money. Go to work. Get paid. Pay yourself. Pay your expenses. Invest the difference. Let me see. Last one I would I would leave you with is um, pay the price, man. Be be willing to pay the price. Be a sponge. Be coachable. Be teachable. Be trainable, and submit submit your mindset to other people that have accomplished more than what you have, or at least heading in the direction that you want to be you want to be headed in. And for a lot of folks, especially with black people, unfortunately, we let our pride get in the way. Right of us being able to actually reach out to somebody that can actually help us and put us on. So me personally, I'm a sponge. I'm always reaching out to folks. Like if I see somebody that's like out there killing it, they hustling. I don't care if they're younger than me, older than me, my age or whatever it is. I'm reaching out because I want to know what they know. Right? We share a like mind. So how can I get? How can I? How can I um, share energy with you and share my knowledge and also receive some of the knowledge that you may have? So you just got to be coachable, want it, and network. I love those. I love those principles right there. And I hope everybody's paying attention and wrote those down because that's that's lifelong wisdom right there. And before we go, I don't want to miss out on asking you about the Toro business because I hear that that's a really hot business right now. Um, and it's something I'm actually thinking about getting into. Can you tell us the barriers of entry for that and you know how you got into Toro? Yeah, so um man, I can give y'all a whole play. So, <laughs> all right, cool. Here the play go right here. here here's the well, how I got into it. Let me answer the question first. How I got into Toro, um, my buddy of mine, Jeff Badu, he had been in it for a while, kept telling me, like, yo, hop in, man, like hop in, hop in, hop in. 
but I didn't because I just didn't know too much about it. I was like reading cars, like I mean, they already got an enterprise at Hertz and like a Nashville and all these places. We talking about reading cars on like tour or hire car. Come to find out, it, it it's the way. So how I got started, um, I just started with my own car. I started with my own car. I went on Turo, listed my own car because I wanted to see how it was, listed my own car. Somebody rented out my car for a week. Somebody rented out my <laughs> car for a week. I made like 300 some dollars in a week, 300 some dollars in a week. So, And I had it listed for dirt cheap. It wasn't even dirt cheap, but I had it listed for like for the low. $300 in a week. And I wasn't even using my car, and they brought my car back the same way I gave it to them. Come on, let's let's do it, let's work. So I was like, all right, cool. So instead of me renting out this car, let me get let me get another car to rent out, or better yet, let me get a better car that I like that I can drive for myself, and I could just rent out this car and then let that car pay for both cars. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, but that's that's how I got started. So. Uh, Turo is a very easy platform, low barrier to entry. All you need is good credit. Well, you need to know somebody that got good credit and then partner with them. Or if you don't got good credit, perhaps you may have to buy a used car in cash and then put up your car on the platform there. I'm a big proponent and advocate of OPM, other people's money. So I would much rather use the bank's money to be able to generate cash flow for me rather than using my hard-earned income that I got from my job or that I got from my businesses. So... I'm a big proponent of that. So what I would say, if you have great credit, you can go to your credit union, right? Or you can go to whatever lending institution that you want to go to. I would recommend a credit union and get a loan, right? Go get a go get an auto loan, get a pre-approved for auto loan and go out and start shopping for cars. Do your research first and start to see, you know, what cars actually behave well on the program, how to make sure that you can hedge and limit your risk. So definitely do some self-education. You can also click the link in my bio and get the car rental blueprint. It's in my bio on Instagram at underscore, underscore, Mr. Marshall. Phenomenal course. That course breaks down the whole Turo hire car space play by play. I mean, they don't get no more detail than that. Play by play by play. But here, here's a play for you right here, though. If, if anybody's looking to get inside a car rental space and you want to grow a fleet. So what you can do is uh, one of the best friendly um, lenders out there specifically for car loans is Navy Federal, right? You can go to Navy Federal. Navy Federal is huge. Navy Federal is great as it relates to the rewards program, how lenient they are with like credit cards, business lines of credit, the whole nine. So what you can do is this. So go to Navy Federal, right? Open up a personal account, right? Open up a personal account. That's going to be check-ins and savings. And then, well, for, before that, in order to get in Navy Federal, you got to be referred in. So your family member, you have, you have to be a family member of somebody that's in the actual military, or you got to know somebody that's in the military that can give you an access code. Once they give you their access code, you can come in essentially under them. When you come in, you want to open up a personal account on uh, through Navy Federal. You want to get a business, excuse me, you want to get a uh, check-ins and a savings. And then you're gonna put you're gonna put some money in there. The second thing that you're gonna do is you're going to also open up a business account with Navy Federal. You're gonna open up a checking and open up a savings. So what you're gonna start doing from there is establish some form of a direct deposit to the uh, personal account, 
so that they can see that you're actively looking to grow with them, build a relationship with over time. And then once they start seeing like like a deposit come in, like, you know, the direct deposit, it, it just it just it gives them so much more. Uh, it gives you so much more validity in their eyes that you look to partner with them for a lot of other things. So start there. Boom. Once you do that, you can call Navy Federal and you can tell Navy Federal, you can say, hey, I'm trying to get an auto loan. They're going to ask you for how much. You're going to say um, you want, you're looking for the max. The reason why you're looking for the max is because you want to make sure that you can get or, or essentially you, you, you want to make sure that you can maximize um, your options. So the maximum auto loan that I've seen Navy Federal get out give out is seventy five thousand, right? You can get seventy five thousand on auto loan, and then you can take that seventy five thousand, right? Find a dealer, and then bust that check down. Like you could literally bust the check down, and if you got seventy five thousand, and you know a Toyota or a Hyundai only costs what twelve thousand, fifteen thousand for a good use, you know, good use vehicle then, okay, cool, how many of these can I get for the 75, right? And then let's wrap in the title, let's wrap in uh, the license plates, the stickers, let's wrap in everything so you don't come out of pocket, nothing, right? And then you can scale and start, literally create a whole fleet just from that one play alone. Now what you're going to do is, right, you're going to wait three to six months. I tell folks three months, you know, wait three months, right? After you got the loan, you got the vehicles, and then what you're going to do is, you want to refinance. You want to refinance out of your personal name over into your business name, and then the loan's gonna come off your personal credit report. Now it's only gonna be reflected on your business credit report. The only thing that's gonna be on your personal credit report now is the actual hard inquiry that you receive from uh, from Navy Federal when you actively opened up the loan to begin with. And then if you know credit repair, do you know how to get that that hard inquiry off your of your personal credit and not you just rinse and repeating you start it all over again so that's one play that you can do i i can say that you can do the play because i've done it i would never recommend anybody to do anything that i personally haven't done man i appreciate that free game right there if y'all ain't listen to that y'all ain't trying to make no money for real and i'm glad that i just opened up me a navy federal account about a month ago yep. and i already started the direct deposit going there so hey i'm running with that play i appreciate that Gene. and then and then it even make it sweeter man like when you when you get when you get the uh when you get the auto loan the same day that you get the auto loan you're going to wait till you're going to wait that night though you're going to wait that night let's say you call you get the auto loan in the daytime you're going to wait that night maybe like 2 3 a.m. in the morning and then you're going to go you're going to go through the app you're going to go through the app, right? Follow follow instructions. You're going to go directly through the app on your phone, and then you're going to apply for the credit card, right? You're going to apply for the credit card, and then their max on the credit card, they're going to, they're, they can improve you up to 25000 right? They can improve you up to 25000 If they don't approve you for the for the whole 25000 hypothetically, let's say they only approve you for 15000 what you're going to do is ask them for a reconsideration, right? You're going to call them directly. The next day, you're going to ask them for a reconsideration, and then they will reconsider you for the actual whole $25,000. Boom. Once you do the refinance, immediately when you do the refinance, right, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to wait that same day, and then you're going to go apply for the business line of credit. You can get another $25,000 on the business side, right? So if you do this right, not only did you get, right, three to four to five to six cars or one good car like a Tesla, but you also got $25,000 of capital that you can leverage and play with on the personal side. And then you got another twenty five thousand three months later 
that you can leverage and play with on the business side. So now you got $50,000 that you can leverage and use to what? Manage your overhead, help you maintain your fleet. And then also you can leverage that money to do real estate, your, your e-commerce brand. I mean, it could be whatever whatever the hell you want to use it for. And how long after creating that account would you suggest you start that process of trying to apply for the cars and the loans? I would say I would say three months. I would say three months. Um, I've seen some folks that I've gave the information to do it in, in a month. You know, they they've done it in a month. So as long as your personal credit is on point, you should you should you should be good. That would be that that would be the only barrier. If you in like the seven hundreds, if you even at like a six fifty six eighty. You will get the you will get the loan the auto loan you might not get the credit the credit card but you'll get the auto loan if you had like a 660 680 you would definitely get the auto loan for sure you will get the full amount but to get the actual the the lines of credit you want to make sure that you're hovering around that that 680 the 700 that 700 720 um credit score range for sure appreciate that man appreciate that and I want to take a little bit of time as an opportunity to promote all your businesses. Um, I know you mentioned a few of them along with the interview, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to promote those. Tell people where they can follow you at so they have that information on hand. Yeah, so um, I'll say this. So if you're looking to get involved in the real estate space, then you can pick up my course, The Renovation Game. The Renovation Game will teach you how to rehab homes, how to become your own general contractor, how to screen general contractors, how to screen subs. And it's going to also outline the full process of actually rehabbing a house, right? It's not a fix and flipping course, right? But it will teach you how to be, how to successfully rehab a house, right? And it will teach you how to also pay yourself in the process as well. So that hypothetically, let's say you bought a house, you got to put down a down payment of 10K and then you rehab the property on your own, not only did you get that 10K back that you have to put down as your as your initial down payment, but you also get more more on that that you can leverage to build for the next project and you can just keep that going. So I would recommend folks to pick that up, especially if you're looking to get in the real estate space. I teach you how to how to analyze deals and I also teach you how to get access to capital as well. It's a ton of information in there that can give you at least at least access to if your credit is on point. At least two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, um, in capital. So you can start there, and then if you're looking to get your uh, concealed carry license, if you live in the state of Illinois, you can feel free to reach out to me on on the gram as well at underscore underscore Mr. Marshall, as well as on Twitter underscore underscore Mr. Marshall, um, and and that would that would be it. I would I would just plug plug those for the most part. Man, great! I appreciate that. So everybody listening, go follow him. Go get some courses. Go support a black business owner. And we never want to leave without giving our guests their flowers, man. I just want to thank you for your time, Gene. I want to thank you for the opportunity to get to learn from you as a brother of my frat, of the greatest fraternity in the world, Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, I thank you for inspiring people. I thank you for putting your financial literacy out there, putting yourself out there. And it's because of you and brothers like um, Ian and uh, the, the, the Earn Your Leisure team and all them over there that black people can actually really learn and be entertained as well by financial literacy. It's not just a boring 
you know, older white man's kind of thing anymore. It's it's for all of us. So I appreciate you. I thank you. And I'm glad that God created you to do this work, man. Absolutely, man. I want to say thanks and salute to you for reaching out, you know, giving me an opportunity to be on your platform. And I hope your listeners tap in and tune in. But not only just do that, but they actually go out and implement as well. So definitely salute, Noob. You know, uh, we haven't met in person yet, but I, I hope that we do find some time to actually connect in person, chop it up, and go ahead and hash it out, do loop talk, and just uh, just have a good time, man. Have a meeting of the minds and, and continue to build from there. So much gratitude and yo-yo for letting me be on the platform. Yo-yo, appreciate it, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the Beat Podcast with James York.